0: Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message.
1: How many people are thrilled to be a part of this house? Oh God is so good. It's such an honor. It's such a privilege to be here and to have the privilege of opening first night of Revival Month. Something significant is going to happen. And I want to get right into it. And I, I I was flying back from Jakarta last weekend. Even though I was tired and it was an overnight flight, I thought I'm going to have a good sleep. And I didn't even consider it because all that Father was doing was talking to me about tonight. So I hope you enjoy it because I didn't get sleep. <laughs> Father must love you. But I want to talk and dedicate this night, and Pastor Raff has already so wonderfully spoken to it, that this is a night of consecration. But, but I want revival, Steve. I want, this is revival. And I pray that if you open your heart, the Lord is going to do something deep on the inside of us all. And show us that revival and consecration are inseparable. That's it. And maybe your view of revival might even shift. And maybe we'll step further into revival because we're actually seeing it from God's perspective, not just our perspective. I want to start with Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5. And before I do that, I just want to honor my wife, Sally. She's here right now rolling her eyes. That's the. Because. There's certain people that God gifts you with, and I learn more about the Father through my wife than anyone else. I learn more about who God is by my wife. She helps me more in life. She speaks words of faith and encouragement and also correction. Don't you love when you have people in your life that love you enough to stop you going off a cliff? Come on. Don't kick against those that God has gifted you by way of correction or direction. Some of you want the fruit, but you keep on kicking against who God's using to bring the fruit. Even the Father disciplines the ones that he loves. Don't kick against discipline. It is your safety. The Lord's speaking to me right now and saying, some of you really want to be used by God, but you keep on kicking against it. And the Lord says, you stop kicking and I'll use you. Because he could use you now, but you'll be dangerous. Not for the enemy. God needs people that not only can declare his word accurately, but that can reveal his person accurately. And we need correction and direction, otherwise, we're explosion going somewhere to happen. I honor you, Sally. <laughs> There's a Sally in my life, praise God. And she's an incredible minister of God and woman of wisdom. And I just want to honor her because I've got the mic and you don't. (laughs) Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5. Anyone alive and well? Joshua told... The people, which people, the children of Israel, these are the ones that were living by seeing the miracles of God and the provision of God and the protection of God, that heard the stories from the parents about the great deliverance out of Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, the pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud. These people were, uh, they were. C- knew about miracles, this is who he was talking to. We're not talking about unsay. We're talking to people who knew the supernatural, the miraculous, what maybe we would like to call revival. I want you to go with me here. Joshua told these people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. We want God to do amazing things among us. God wants us to consecrate ourselves. We think that revival is God doing amazing things among us, but revival is us consecrating ourselves. I want to show you throughout the course of this, this time here tonight that what we call revival is actually the fruit of revival. And we're trying to chase the fruit rather than do what God called us to do. Many times in our life, our challenge is that we're trying to step into the role of God and we're neglecting what God has called us to do. He even said in John twelve thirty two and 33, when I am lifted up, I will draw men to myself. He was talking about dying on the cross. But prophetically, this is what he's also declaring. God says when we lift him up from the earth, when we lift him up in our lives, he will draw people to himself. But we aren't lifting them up enough. We're trying to draw people to God. God says, stop trying to draw people, just lift me up. God says, stop trying to get the miracles, just consecrate yourselves. In 2020, the Lord, and God spoke to me, New Mature said, God is going to exceed our expectations even this month and moving forward. But it's going to start on a bended knee. In 2020, the Lord spoke to me very, very clearly. And this word has been growing in me, expanding in me, enlarging in me. I cannot get away from it. I'm going to tell you word for word what he said to me. He said, revival is coming. How many people celebrate right there? This is in 2020. Revival is coming, but it is going to look different than what you think. And then he said this to me. Revival is the church coming back again to God's original. Church. Revival is the church coming back. It's not a new thing, it's a renewed thing. It's the church coming back again to God's original intention. And the instruction to consecrate yourself is an instruction to come back again to God's position for us as His people. The word restoration itself, or or, uh, sorry, revival. When we talk about revival, it literally means a restoration to life or consciousness. And I want you to get this uh, today as we as we lean into this right now, because we think revival is God doing something new and, and healing people and saving people and setting people free. And I don't want to step on anyone's toes here, but I need you to hear this very, very clearly. Revival is when someone say is uh, alive and well and, and, and they, they pass out or they die, their life leaves them. And when they are revived, it's it's not something new that happens. That which was there or um, before that has left them has come back to them. Their life has come back to them. And so true revival is not what happens in the world. It's what happens in the church. And then when the church is alive, the world takes notice and miracles happen. Newsflash, we don't know better than God. And God is reviving us to a place where we live like we actually believe that God knows better than we do. Yeah. Revival is the church <sighs> coming back again to God's original. Yeah. Post COVID we're living in a time with so many people, what's the new thing, what's the new thing? The new thing is a renewed thing. Come on. Come on, we gotta stop coming up with something and just go back to what the Bible says. Yeah. We've got to get a Holy Ghost confidence that God knows best, we don't. What God created and determined something to be is what it is. What God created and determined something to be is what it is. What God created and determined people to be is who they are. It's coming back to God's original. Come on, He created the male and female. God created marriage and a husband and a wife. It's time for the church to come back again to God's original. This is revival. This is revival. What God created and determined the church to be is what it is. As I said to Pastor Corey before, the church is not an organization to be led. It is a bride to be prepared. We are a supernatural people representing a supernatural Christ. We are not an organisation. This is not a business. Jesus said, I'll build my church. It's time to get back and praise God we're in a church that actually believes the church is spiritual, not natural. What God created and determined prayer to be is what it is. What God created and determined our purpose to be is what it is. What God created and determined we can do is what we can do. It's time to come back to God knows best. Romans 12, 1 to 2. Praise God. Paul writes, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and And sisters, in view of God's mercy, stop right there. we got to make sure we do not look at the instructions of God as something heavy He's laying upon us and look at them through the lens of obligation. We need to look at the instructions of God in view of God's mercy. How you view the instructions determines how you walk out the fruit of those things. God is not a God of obligation. He's a God of invitation. God is not a God of control. He's a God of protection. If he says something, it is always for our best. Don't commit adultery. Why? Because I'm trying to steal your fine and make you good. No, I'm trying to keep you free from broken relationship with God and with other people. Come on, don't lie, don't steal. Why? To make you good. No, I want to keep you free from broken relationship. In fact, every instruction of God is to keep the people of God free from broken relationship and damaged relationships. And yet we're trying to do it our own way and call it godly and grab a scripture, grab a verse to back it up. And God says, I'm calling the people back to not only know the verses on the page, but the one who spoke that by the Spirit of God. And we need to know the heart of God. Behind the word of God. Revival is the church coming back again. And every instruction should be viewed in view of God's mercy. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, your living whole, your complete whole, as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to every person in the world. Holy and and pleasing to God. Some of you in this room, the spirit is speaking to me right now, saying you compare yourself to someone else, and there's even a subtle pride that say, At least I'm not like that. God says, Stop comparing to others compared to Jesus and see how we measure up. One John four seventeen says, In this world we are called to be like Jesus. We're not called to be better than someone else. Comparison kills. When it comes to people, we're called back to be ones who are holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, and this is your proper worship. Revival is the church coming back again to God's original. We consecrate ourselves, and tomorrow, (laughs) the Lord will do wonders among us. Don't chase the wonders. Let's consecrate ourselves. Do not conform to the... How many people know this needs to be preached in the days we live in? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed... By the renewing of your mind, do not be conformed to the pattern, to the ways of thinking of this world. Do not fashion yourself according to the world. Do not comply with the rules, standards, or laws of this world when they're against God. In fact, do not conform to the pattern. Do not con for con when you are conned about something. You are sold something that looks too good to be true, and it ends up being a lie that destroys you. We must not not be conned about our form by the pattern of this world we must not be conned about who we are as men as women as people in the house of god we are created in the image of god i don't choose my gender i don't choose my identity i am who god says i am we got to stop being conformed conned about our form it's the church coming back again. God created the male and female. He created them in His image. But rather be trans. Rather be transformed. Change into another image. Not a different image to God's created image, but a different image from the world's image, which is going back to God's original image. Be transformed by the renewing. Come on, make new again, make new again, make new again, make new again. The mind, the ways of thinking. This is imperative in the days we live in. It's imperative. We want God to break out, man. We want people to come into the kingdom, but we need them coming into the truth. You know the truth, the truth will set us free. We don't need them coming into religion or even Christianity, we need them coming into the kingdom. And the very word kingdom is about the royal authority of God on earth as it is in heaven. God is on the throne, not me and not you. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be Let your will be done. Then When? When you're not conned about your form, but rather you're transformed, going back to God's original, by the renewing of your mind, which means it needs to be renewed. Can I hear an amen? Because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Not everything that gets your attention should be given your attention. Last time I checked, the Bible says I have the mind of Christ It ain't the devil's stomping ground. It's not the world's trash can. Come on, this is the mind of Christ and you've got the mind of Christ. But it needs to be renewed, 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 renewed. I tell you one way that some of us can renew our minds. Turn it off. Not your mind. Turn it off. Facebook, social media, anti-social media. Sometimes we're feasting on what everyone's saying. We're nibbling on the word and we go, why am I so depressed? Revival is the church coming back again to God's original. Come on, meditate on his word day and night. (laughs) I have hidden your word in my heart that I will not sin against you, God. Your word is a lamp to my feet and it is a light to my path. Lord, you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. You are God I am not. Revival is God's will being done in our lives again. Not for a moment, but as a way of living. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will. Jesus said, when you pray, pray. let Father's kingdom come. Let Father's will be done. Their father's will be done. Their father's will. And the word "will" there in the, the Greek is it means God's. It means determination, not God trying hard, but His determination. This is what it is. That's what God's will is. This is a keyboard. No, I want it to be drums. No, it's a keyboard. I declared it to be a keyboard. This is a fallback. I want it to be a swimming pool. Too bad. It's a fallback. When you're not calmed about your form, but rather you're transformed back into God's original image, then you will know God's will, His determination. And that's where the life and the freedom flows. Freedom does not flow when Steve McCracken does what Steve McCracken does. (laughs) God knows best. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I wanted to say that we don't need to come up with an original thought. We need to get back to God's original thoughts. We applaud this, but the Lord says, consider the cost. Consider the cost. God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is not the easy road. God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is not the easy road. We've got to make sure we're signing up for God's complete package at the start. When we bring people to Christ, bring them to Him, not some watered down, you'll just escape hell version of Him. Many want Jesus as Savior, fewer want Him as Lord. This has come back to God's original. From the very beginning, we see even in the life of Jesus. Remember who Jesus is? Okay. Jesus, the Son of God. God the Son, Son of God walking this earth. I think if anyone can do what he wants, it's Jesus. But Jesus never, ever did what he wanted. Why is it that we as Christians struggle to submit to God's will when Jesus, the Son of God, submitted? Luke twenty-two forty-two. Father, if you are willing, if this is your will, yeah. would you remove this cup from me? I don't want to suffer. I don't want to go through the pain of this cross. It's okay for you not to want to do something that God asked you to do. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross, but he said, yet yeah, not my will, but yours be done. I need you to get this tonight. Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus would not have said that if in that moment his will and his father's will was the same will. He would have just said, okay, Father, it's time for the cross. Let's go. He goes, Father, if it's your will, can we do it a different way? Again, it's okay if God calls you to do something. Say, Father, can there be a different way? That's okay, church. But where do you land? Do you land in disobedience or obedience? And can I just declare to someone listening right now, negotiation is not obedience. God, I'll do this if you do that. Uh Uh-uh, he's already done it all. He's done it all. Not my will, yours be done. Jesus submitted his will to his father's will. And this is what revival is. See, we can lay hands, we can see people. That's great. But on Tuesday and Wednesday when you're in the office, when you're talking to your spouse, is it your will or God's will? This is where it's going to break out. This is what These meetings, man, you can water, walk on water in these meetings. Seriously, come on. If you can't feel the Spirit of God in this meetings, you need to check your pulse or something. But, but out there, that's a different story. And really the difference is not, ooh, the difference is not the absence of God, it's the presence of your will. You think my problem is I don't feel God. No, our problem is our will is too strong. God bless my will. No, you surrender your will. See, even this preaching is too hard for some. Well, this is actually what revival is coming back to God's original intention. It's time for man to settle the issue. We are not God. We do not know what is best. As followers of Christ and as adopted sons and daughters of the Father, We do not get to write our own story or choose our own adventure. Our will was crucified with Christ. Hmm. And God is looking for some people who will live by God's original intention regardless of the cost. This is consecration. And consecration precedes the supernatural. We have called the supernatural revival. No, consecration is revival. The supernatural is the fruit of revival. I heard the Lord say, if we are not willing to lose, then we are not ready to win. But God, if I surrender this will, I might miss out on this money or this promotion. I might miss out on this. If I give my all, I might miss out. God says, if you're not willing to lose, then you're not ready to win. The word of the Lord is God calling us back to how he intended. And he's looking for a holy people, not just a happy people. (laughs) The world doesn't care if we're happy. They just don't want us to be holy. The attack on the church is not for our happiness, it's on for our holiness. By redefining what a thing is. And it's time for the church to come back to God's original. In Peter 1 verse 16, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. You really just can't get it clearer than that. Be holy. Why? Because I'm holy. (laughs) What do you mean by that, God? I'll paraphrase. Be holy, because I'm holy. Father's desire tonight is for people to consider the cost. And then make a decision to be all in. Not all in tonight, and this is glorious. I'm talking tomorrow morning. I'm talking when you're surfing the net by yourself. I'm talking when you speak to your spouse that way. I'm talking when you're overlooked for that promotion, when you're much more qualified. In fact, you're put under someone who you can't stand. Again, Don't remove your, oh, too often, how many people want to be more like Jesus? See, that part's not a trick question. (laughs) How many people pray, God, make me more like you? Here's a good one. God, help me be more patient. We pray for God to give us more of the fruit of the Spirit, and then we remove ourselves from any opportunity for it to be developed. I'm in a job right now where I can hardly, I can hardly just be a good Christian witness because I push my buttons all the time, so I need to find another job where I can actually reflect Jesus and be a good person. God says, you've been asking me for patience. I am giving you an opportunity with all those irritating people. And now you want to abort the will of God and go find some comfort zone where you don't need patience and then you think, I'm patient. No, you just remove the need to be patient. If you're in a situation right now that you can't stand, maybe God wants to answer your prayers that you're praying. It's not an easy road. Huh. Some of you like me, some of you don't. That's right. I'm here to make disciples, not friends. See, if my focus was on being liked, I wouldn't say half the things I, God asked me to say. But this is something we need to get over in the body of Christ. discipleship man there's going to be a confrontation at times maybe our problem is perpetuated cuz we're removing all conflict well all conflict is that the conflict that we initiate hallelujah praise god i might not get invited back matthew 16 verse 21 to 25 and joel i'll get you to come back up Sometime pretty soon, brother. Rescue me. Matthew sixteen twenty-one to 25. Father's desire tonight is for people to consider the cost and then make a decision to be all in. God wants us to live for him like Jesus died for us. God wants us to live for him like Jesus died for us. Matthew 16, 21 to 25, last passage you want to read. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go. Remember, Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is a few verses after Peter just had the revelation, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, you're the Son of the living God. So this is the Son of God, the Messiah, talking to them. And Jesus says, I must go, and I must suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And then I must be killed, and on the third day raised to life. Jesus saying, this must happen. I need you to go with me in these last few moments before we respond. And then you get, wonderful Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. How many people know we've got a problem right here? Peter taking Jesus aside and saying, We need a word, Jesus. And He said, never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. I want you to think about it. He is not right now opposing some wonderful kingdom advancement, clear thing. He's going, Jesus, I don't want you to suffer. He's protecting him. He said, I don't want you to go down a difficult road. It should be easier. You are Jesus. You're the King. I don't want it to be like this for you. And Jesus responded in one of the strongest ways. He says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but are merely Human concerns. The stumbling block is you're you're standing in the way of the Father's will for me. And His will, yes, it includes sacrifice and even suffering. Peter thought he was doing Him a favour by trying to protect Him. Please, body of Christ, listen to me. We must make sure that we are partnering with the right voice when we're trying to remove every persecution and opposition and challenge from our brothers and sisters' lives. Yeah. Yeah. Are we actually standing in opposition to what God wants to do because there's some things he can only do through the fire? Come on. Come on. Because he went straight on from there. He went straight on from there and said to his disciples, Let me flip this around, Jesus said, from me. Yes, my road, there is suffering in there. Jesus said, I'm all in. I'm willing to die for the cause that my Father sent me. He said, so whoever of you that actually wants to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. You must take up your cross. And you must actually follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. See, we've called normal Christianity. We've called it radical and fanatical. Some people look at me when I preach and go, "Well, that's you're just a bit fanatical." No, I reckon I'm still subnormal. Well, the church revival is the church coming back to God's original. And we have called normal Christianity, we've called that fanatical or radical. And by doing so, we have robbed ourselves of the miraculous. Normal Christianity is actually how Jesus lived. Because Christian is a little Christ an imitator of Christ. Come on, church, help me bring this home right now. He laid down his life. That's normal. We look for people that are all in and say, well, they're quite fanatical, radical. I've got my life and my job and all this sort of stuff. So I love God, but I'm not like them. That that, They're like all in. That's normal Christianity. The Bible says always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is in you. Which says to me, if you're giving an answer, someone's asking a question. How often do people ask you a question, why are you different? You're in your workplace, redundancies are being talked about, but you're okay, why? Normal Christianity is how Jesus lived and he laid down his life. Therefore, normal Christianity is living a life laid down. Revival. I declare open season on the month of revival. But revival is the church coming back again to normal Christianity. Not my will. Yours be done. The fruit of revival will be what the Lord does, and that is the amazing things among us. But consecrate yourself. Set apart holy as to the Lord. I'm going to come back, God, to what you say about you and what you say about me and what you say about others. What you say, what you created something to be, God, I want to come back to that. God is asking us tonight, in this revival night, where God is, I tell you right now, I prophesy because I see it. We are going to be astounded at what God does. I'm talking the signs, the wonders, and miracles. Can I hear an amen? But I remind you, that's God's part. Tonight's our part. Consecrate yourself for tomorrow. The Lord's about to do something amazing in our midst. God's about to do something amazing. I believe that God wants us just to have a holy moment here tonight as a people. And I truly believe it will be a catalyst for the miraculous. God wants you to consider the cost of what it means to be a normal Christian. All in, all in, all in, all in. Denying yourself. Taking up your cross. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tribulation." Church, do we know that tribulation and persecution is coming? It's not something I expect to get a standing ovation for. But we need to understand, Pastor Corey, is it, is it not coming? We need to be people that have made a decision ahead of time which side of the line we're going to stand on. Once it comes, it's too late to make the decision. The pressure will take you along with the tide. Christians swim against the tide of the culture and the current of this world. You love most by being different. We love the world most by being different from the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. God is looking for some people that who knows if revival could break out in our workplaces if people actually saw that we're even willing to lay down our life for the one who laid down his life for us. And I'm asking us here tonight to consider the cost. I'm talking about all of I'm not talking about accepting Jesus. Praise God, I'm going to heaven. I'm talking on the daily moments where there's a conflict between your will and God's will, like there was with Jesus, Lord. Oh, if you're willing, can we do this another way? Yet not what I want, God, what you want. That's where I'm going to land. And I want you to consider the cost tonight.
0: Thank you for joining us for this message today.